Welcome to Kick Back and Chat Shit, the most relevant football podcast on air. We chat about the latest results, trends and storylines in the Premier League. This is football commentary at the highest level. If you're ready, kick back and listen to Max and Mike chat their shit. Let's go in three, two, one. And we're in there like swimwear, kick back and chat shit, hosted by Max Oldham and Michael Garrick. What's going yes, on? Nothing much, man. You know, recovering right now. Um, had a little bit too much to drink on a Thursday night like I was in college. You know, Thursday, Thursday Thursdays. Thursdays. Hello. <laughs> yeah, man. Just uh, just waking up. Still ain't brushed my teeth. Um, and what time is it right now? 10.37 on a Friday, but I mean, I have an excuse for that. I definitely have an excuse for that. And then what's the excuse, Mike? You know, big man Turity at birthday tomorrow. Big birthday things. Okay, okay. And yeah. what was the drink of choice? Um, You said, you see me, you said me, I, me, I like a cool bedroom. You understand? So I mean, I drink nothing with no juice and all of that. May put a little bit of lime. In the coconuts and mix and it, it all. Stir it all up. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just joking. No, Casamigos is the drink of choice. You get me. So, you know, if you guys want to send me a little bottle or something, just let me know. You know, hit me <laughs> in the DM. Um, Mike is taking and, all gifts. Oh, all, all gifts, gifts and baby. donations for the, t- yes. the 30th, the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we can't, we can't really do it like how we would like to do it because of the big quarantine teams. But. So, I mean, I still turn up all the way, all the way up. You understand? <laughs> yeah, that's mad funny because I'll tell you what. Um, I was doing a little bit of research for this episode and I got onto this rabbit hole on YouTube um, and I got onto like the Trinidadian National Team's YouTube channel and that shit's fucking hilarious. <laughs> what? They have oh, they have their own YouTube channel. Each each video has like a thousand views. So they're just, you know, they're up and coming. They're like us. They're trying to, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. work work their thing on the on the, you know, the young YouTube. Yeah. But um yeah, man, those boys were really doing it. And uh they lost seven zero to the US. But like I've never seen people more graceful or like grateful, actually. Graceful and grateful in defeat as these guys. They just seem like cool guys to hang out with. So yeah, yeah, but, you're doing the okay. big the big Caribbean accent on your birthday, and I was thinking, yeah, Mike could yeah, have been they, in there too. Yeah, shout out to my mendum because like you know they could have easily used me on the pitch. You know we wouldn't have lost seven, <laughs> we wouldn't have lost seven nil. We would have been like seven one, seven two, man, seven two. Okay, yeah, you know you can count me in for a brace, but honestly, I, um, I think they really helped the U.S. out because the U.S. is really trying to get a lot of games under their belt. And I'm not sure if you know this, but I did watch a bit of the match. Um, so basically they had ish they had like uh visa issues um because of mm-hmm. the whole quarantine and flying in and out and, and everything yeah. like that. Um the US was actually supposed to play, I believe, Croatia. No, Croatia or Serbia. I think yeah. it was Serbia. Um they ended up canceling because of obviously COVID. So Trinidad was like last resort. They haven't played in over a year. A lot of them, even like in their home country in Trinidad, haven't played as well. Um, so they just kind of just put a team together and said that, you know what, U.S., we're going to help you out, make sure you guys get a match. And you can obviously tell some of these players were overweight. Some of these guys just look like they haven't played football in a long time, been eating a lot of um, red uh, red beans. Uh, oh, excuse me, 
um, got curry goat, curry chicken, plantains, and all that. You know, <laughs> they just they just were basically they were just be like, nah, you know, uh. We don't want to train anymore. We're just gonna be chilling back, you know, drinking some red stripe and all that, just straight liming, you know, like my people like to do. So That's straight yeah, liming, that, huh? Yeah, they got okay. their ass clapped. Um like it was Yeah, I saw bad. that like there was loads of kids in there that had never played for the national team before. Um, so it was a lot of first time call ups. I mean, I'm sure they've got talent. I would love to see Trinidad back in the World Cup for obvious reasons, but the main reason is because I'd like to see Trinidad in the World Cup so that I can see Carlisle Sr. go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got to score some goals to make that happen. But, yeah, that would be nice. You know, I feel like anytime you got, like, a, a country with, like, crazy amounts of culture, like, think of Colombia when they were winning. Um, oh, man. was going crazy. And every goal they had some dance. Like, you wanted them to score just to see what the next celebration They had the was. best celebrations, too. And, man, Hamas Rodriguez. I wish he could have kept going after that because if they had him, Falcao, all those guys, that Colombia team would have been amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. when you when you watched uh, Trinidad play the U.S., were you were you happy the U.S. was playing well? I mean, did did you think the U.S. played well? <laughs> score. Um. Hmm. Um. I would. I, I mean, I don't know. The U.S. Not many times both of your countries play each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't think it was going to be a good match, regardless. Um, yeah, just for the whole just for the issues and just stuff. For, yeah, for the issues and just how everything kind of transpired. I mean, you could tell off the kick, like even before they start warming up, you're like, oh, <laughs> 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 oh they shit. Might, they might be playing. They might be better off playing like some college team. Like that's how bad it looked. Like you could just tell. They probably um, had like, roti before the game. They for sure had roti. They for sure had roti. They had like a big slab of roti because they started off the match. But don't get me wrong. They they started off like fast. Like some guys were like yeah, and then just and they scored like the probably first haven't two, played. Three so yeah, I mean you're right. They probably haven't played um, in ages. But I mean, I also didn't expect much from the U.S. I mean, it's it's crazy watching U.S. football to be honest, because you know you see these players coming together. And granted, you know they don't have a lot of the players um, overseas, but. It's just it's just a different type of football, you know. You watch we watch the Premier League uh, day in and day out, week in and week out, and it's just like the quality they have on the ball and things like that. And it would have been much it would have been much different, like watching that. It it is much different watching that compared to watching um, like the U.S. play football. So uh, it's also exciting to see that a lot of those players that were playing, who I would be honest with you, have never heard of. Because uh, I don't watch enough MLS. I don't watch any mm-hmm. MLS, to be honest. But um, a lot of those players were just on the brink of, it was transfer day um, the next mm-hmm. day. So I think a lot of these players, right after the um, right after the whole, right after the match, flew to, um, flew to Europe, somewhere in Europe, to be honest with yep. you. Just, so it's just like they played, and some of them first time um, ever playing um, for the U.S. national team, and boom. It's like, oh, this guy's going here. This guy's going there. This guy's going there. This guy's linked to a loan here. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, you know, sliding to what today's episode is, it obviously is about just the United States kind of, um, I think they're trying to colonize Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the American invasion. Um, two two colonizing countries and, and areas trying to colonize each other. How's that going to work out? 
Sheesh. I don't know, man. I don't. I know they're not trying to come here, the the um, Europeans, um, unless they're at the tail end of their career. I mean, we were hoping we'd get Cristiano Ronaldo, but I don't think he's ever going to come. That guy's going to play. That guy turned 36 old. today. Sheesh. Still at the top of his game. 36 years old and he scored two of, goals. I wouldn't say the top of his game, but still at a ridiculously peak level. He's got 23 goals in 24 matches this year. Okay, still, still at the top of his game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is nuts. But before we dive into the topic of conversation today um you know for the part from the past week has anything stood out to you any any games you watched that you want to talk about um the floor is yours man i mean you know uh, anything that you want to get off your chest or like... <laughs> <laughs> um so max is just trying to set it up because uh you know last episode everybody you know i was talking that shit give me mike was in his um, bag Oh, yeah, I was in my bag, man, you know. Um, but honestly, I think I just have to renege on what I said until this weekend just for the fact that we lost to Brighton, and that really was terrible to see. I, I'm Honestly, the, the defense is amazing. The, the makeshift defense that Klopp has been putting together, I believe, is actually pretty ridiculous, just the fact of the amount of goals that are being scored on in the matches since Virgil van Dijk is – close to top of the league uh in all in all like in every facet of yeah. the competitions that they're they're a part of but up top create create uh, creatively they look disastrous liverpool just is do you not... think that's the fault of the front three or do you think the midfield has part to blame in that as well i think it's just a combination of everything you know I, we, we briefly spoke about it i want to say a couple episodes uh before but it's the fact that the goal, the goal, honestly, came from Alexander Arnold. I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, mm-hmm. but his yeah, his, defending, his defending was ridiculous. I don't know what he was doing, for one, but I would say that it, it kind of starts a little bit of everywhere. Just the speed of play has been like super slow. Like when they win it, they're not like like charging up front. I would also say that yes, the injuries for sure. The injuries have played an incredible part to why Liverpool look like this, but. You know, a great team is able to find a way, find ways to overcome. And when yep. they lost Virgil, when they lost Virgil Van Dyke, I, I said that I was like, I think it might be over. But then they they were overcoming. They just they just haven't found that. And I I would say that defensively, to the like offensive transitions, Trent Alexander Arnold and Robertson, they are not giving the same presence that they used to um, used to give. They're not making defenders scared any longer. Maybe they're not coming up the pitch as much. Maybe they have to. Maybe they have more defensive responsibility. But I don't know. I think they're that's not, what it is. Like I that, that, that. Go ahead. No, I I think you you kind of briefly touched on it. Like in years, well, it, last year, let's say not in years past, the year but last year. As well. they, yeah, they 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 had like an insurance policy because they had Fabinho covering all the spaces that they would vacate, and they knew that they had the best defender in the world back there. So yeah. they could play with a lot more freedom. Um, now you have Fabinho having to play in the back or or Henderson. Fabinho's been injured. And yeah. the only person covering them is either Thiago or Wijnaldum, who are fantastic players, but they don't provide the same sort of defensive cover. For sure. The, another problem is that, well, Sadio Mane hasn't been at his best form, but without, yeah, hurt. The, yeah, without the wing backs getting forward the wingers 
have more defensive presence on them because now the fullbacks of the other teams only have one player to, to worry about, whereas previously they had two players. Do I tuck inside and go with Mane mm-hmm. or Salah, or do I stay outside and go with Robertson and, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold? Um, so it's a tough one. I'm surprised they haven't been able to, to really figure it out, and they look a bit stale. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that's I the agree. best way to put it, for, in my opinion. But I, I agree. I mean, another, I mean, I don't want to jump into Liverpool too much today, not for the fact that I feel bad, but I feel like we always talk about them. So I want to highlight some other other clubs as well. Um, I would say that I mean, we, we actually always talk about them as well. I would say the match yesterday, um, the Chelsea versus Tottenham match. Oh, my uh, God. Tottenham, Tottenham. I don't know, man. You know you know who needs to leave? Son. Son needs to leave and go to another, another team. He's too good of a player to just be on a team that is, I don't know, man. It's. It's all to me. It all just comes back to uh, Jose, and I'm not sure if you watched his uh, post match interviews. He he just looks all out of sorts to me. Like he he's always like you know kind of like to the T to the T. And he flustered. Kind of, yeah, he looks very flustered. He looked like he just woke up, uh, like got out of bed uh, with the interviews. <laughs> right. <looking> crazy. He's <laughs> feeling like how you felt this morning. Oh, for sure, for sure. He might have <laughs> had one too many uh, one too many drinks, but. Yeah, Tottenham just are like well off of it, and you know without Harry Kane, you, you can't yeah. you can't put you can't put everything on one player because there's other teams that are missing players as well. And so yeah. you're telling me that oh Harry Kane does this, Harry Kane is more than this. Harry, of course, it's like Liverpool's missing players. Um, one team that has not missed any players for real is Man United. Man City's missing players. Um, Leicester's missing players, but they're still finding ways to uh, you know, to be at the top of their game. So. You know, to put it all on Harry Kane, granted he is a world-class player, it's just, it's, it's, you got to find ways to win. And I think that's like, yeah, that's the, di- that's the difference between, you know, Man City and Tottenham or, you know, um, Tottenham and let's say even Liverpool or Tottenham and even Man United, finding ways to win, um, you know, when things aren't going your way. And that's like the like championship pedigree. Yeah. I just think that Tottenham, maybe it's just that's, in their DNA. Yeah, you said it right there. That's the championship pedigree. Yeah, it's very Spursy of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I watched the game. I, that was the worst performance I've ever seen by a Jose Mourinho team. Um, yeah. And I saw and I saw all his Man United performances, and they were pretty bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't really put it much better to what you said. But I, part of me thinks that Jose's tactics are – too rigid and also he's expecting things from players he's expecting character from a lot of these players and i think jose's methods don't work with modern footballers anymore Mm. um can you can you can you explain that a bit more yeah so i think all right so if you go back to his teams at chelsea i'm going to actually say specifically into milan when he won the treble there with eto and schneider diego Melito. He had players. For, all right, let's let's talk about Samuel Eto specifically. Samuel Eto mm, comes from Barcelona, where he was playing under Pep Guardiola, Frank Rijkaard, in a fluid possession-based style that suited his play because he could yeah. play off the shoulder and he was banging goals for fun for years in Spain. Then he leaves Barcelona and comes to Inter Milan, where he's playing in a completely different style, where it's more defensive. He has less of the ball. He touches the ball less. He's influencing the game much less. And Jose Mourinho plays him on the left wing a lot. Now, anyone that knows Samuel Leto, 
he was an out and out number nine, but mm -hmm. he had the mentality to believe in Jose Mourinho's tactics and change the way he played in order to get the best out of the team and of himself. So, you know, yeah. they could win and they won the treble. I think players nowadays think I know best. This is the way I play. I'm not going to change the way I play for this manager because it's mm. wrong. Mm. And I think a lot of players, and that's why you see Gareth Bale not playing. That's why, you know, he's consi consistently plays Steven Bergwijn. He's consistently plays, you know, he, Deli Ali doesn't play because yeah. these players don't, they, and, and, and they might be right. They, they might think, well, these, this tactic isn't going to work for these type of players, but in the teams he had before the Chelsea's Inter Milan's, he had characters that were leaders and they were willing to sacrifice their own personal styles for the betterment of the team. Yeah. Um, now, if he had those characters today, would his teams still win the way they do or would the way they did? I don't think I don't, so. I don't but think so I either. think a lot of it is the character and the characteristics of the players as well. So I think his tactics are off, but I also think the players have part to blame in this okay, as well. Okay. Okay, so tell me this. It's like, you know, beginning of December, they're top of the they're top of the table. I yeah, mean, what's the I difference? Know, what's the what's the what's the difference between then and now? So they I I don't think they created that many more chances when it was top when they were top of the table. The problem no. what the problem is now is they're not as lethal. If you watch that Chelsea game, Chelsea actually didn't create that many chances and Tottenham maybe had two or three good chances to score if they played the right pass or if Vinicius scores his header in the last couple minutes of the game. Yeah. If that's Harry Kane and Son on those chances, they're goals. It's a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, the I, difference. I, yeah. I see what you mean. But it, it's it, I think it's the, also the fact that the way that Jose is trying to play off the counterattack so much and, you know, wants Vinicius to play like a Harry Kane. Like, that's not his, that's not his position. And, you know, a, a great manager, granted, he's, I can't even take anything away from him because he's basically won everything. But it's just that sometimes you get so stuck in your ways That's that it. You, you just can't open up your mind to say that That's it. these are different players on the pitch. This is a different team that we're playing. This is Chelsea or we're playing Burnley today. We can't play them all exactly the same exact way. And you have to be like, yeah. that's the problem with Liverpool as well. Um, and maybe, you know, Klopp is just like so deep into it to where he'll play Origi. Um, for Firmino and expect Riga to play like Firmino plays, but it can't do that. You got to change your tactics depending on your personnel and the team that you're playing. So we're starting to see that maybe some of these managers are relying on things that worked so well previous years, but since the game is ever changing, they're not changing with the game. And they're, they're starting, I'm not saying they're getting left behind because we've seen that they can still have success, but other teams are starting to figure them out. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, yeah, it should be interesting. But one other game I would like to highlight very quickly, not even highlight, there's two other games I want to highlight. The Man United Southampton, wow, 9-0. Nine, nine <laughs> <laughs> would, would, would it be crazy for me to say that uh, we didn't even play that well? It would be crazy for you to say that because 9-0 is fucking 9-0. Like. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think we could have. There's there's parts of the game that that need tweaking. I mean, obviously it's good to score nine goals. Great for Rashford and Martial to get back on the score sheet. Yeah. Edison Cavani is he makes a huge difference. But in terms of moving the ball through midfield, I think there's a lot of work still to be done. Uh, mm. The one player that deserves a big shout out is Luke Shaw, who might ha who might be 
the most informed player in the Premier League right now. Yeah, I mean, he played incredible against Liverpool, and it's funny because I feel like United fans will rip a, uh, will rip up uh, Luke Shaw so fast. So to hear you actually saying Luke Shaw um, is the most informed player in the Prem, that's a that's a big shout for real. Um, and then lastly, um, you know one one thing I went on a whim on last uh, last episode: Sheffield United two one versus West Brom. I mean, what a game! what a game and i was i'm telling you like this team is getting is catching its stride granted it's still very far from um from safety uh i want to say like almost 10 points or something mad like that um but i would definitely say that they are starting to catch their stride like they are really starting to catch their stride to me they're always going to cause teams problems with the way that they play um and they they haven't deviated from that style which is good to see because Sometimes when teams go down into the bottom half of the table, they change the way they play to like more direct and, and yeah. play percentage football so that they don't concede as many goals, but they're still playing the same way. And, you know, it's led to, I mean, I think they've got two wins out of the last three, is it? Um, I mean, in the Prem, yeah. So they beat uh, the two wins in the last three um, for sure. But I mean, in the last, like what, five, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Yeah, they do. So they, they, they beat Man United, they lost to City, yeah. then they beat West Brom. Um, so, you know, and, and even before that, a couple of weeks ago, they beat Newcastle. Yeah. So I'd like to see them stay up personally. Um, I'm, but I'm it was you. a good week of football. I'm telling you. I, they're, they're, there's one. They're... Go ahead. No, I was going to slightly switch the subject. I just wanted to say one thing before we get into this topic is that um, I watched Barcelona play Granada in the Copa del Rey and they were down 2-0 and they came back and won 5-3 and mm-hmm. Messi is the greatest player of all time and it was the best performance I've ever seen from somebody without scoring a goal so that's all I wanted to say okay and um, since you just switched the subject to um, our guy Messi is he worth $167 million a year? <laughs> you saw his contract? Oh, my God. Did you see his goal bonus, by the way? Um, no, what is it? Four million euros every time he scores a goal. Bumba jumba. Like, how does he stay? How does 70 million, 70 million uh, loyalty, whatever the fuck a loyalty bonus is. Well, he's, he's trying to be unloyal because he that boy wants to leave. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, well, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He's worth every I mean, penny. There, there's some crazy person. Worth on every penny. That... He's worth he's worth every penny of 167 million dollars. Yes. So apparently, be, somebody, be... somebody. Yeah. All right. I, so there's there's a Twitter thread that I'll have to find and I'll put it on the Twitter. Apparently, somebody did a calculation on how much he's been worth over that same period of time, like. Did he, you know, did he bring in X amount of dollars? Apparently, he was worth 1.4 billion to the club in that same period of time. So, Jeez. so they got him at a discount. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, mad. that's mad. Um, yeah, yeah, but let's, I don't know if let's... it's worth that much. Is any is any human being worth that much? No, uh, Lionel Messi. <laughs> yeah, obviously, that's mad. Like, okay. Before we before we jump on to the um to the U.S. colonizers, um when it when it <laughs> when it comes down to uh, when it comes down to like Messi, 
How do you think it was walking into the locker room the next day? Oh, uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of people were probably taking the piss, like making fun of him. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, actually, that's a good question because he. I I wonder if he has a good sense of humor. I have no idea. I mean, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of crazy just to think like you walk into the you walk into the training room and everybody's just like, God, how does he just have a million? God, and I paid for dinner last week. <laughs> one hundred sixty-seven million, and I drove him to training today. It's like, bro, what? Uh, yeah, that's mad. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this uh, the U.S. topic and these players, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. And just a little shout out to our guys at Freelance Football Ops. Um, if anybody is listening and is interested in doing some freelance writing um, on the side about football, check out our guys on Twitter. Um, they have all the opportunities that are available. So we're definitely um, teaming up with them on some things in the future, hopefully, and uh, hopefully you guys can too. But before we do that. America the Beautiful is coming to Europe. Oh, man, in waves. It's like the mass migration of footballers. It's mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's good like, to see, man. I mean, first things first, I'm happy about it. I mean, I think we I think we should be. I mean, as uh, U.S. footballers, um, as U.S. citizens as well, it's nice to see that, you know, they're starting to get some recognition. Um, but it's actually quite mad that I, w- I wish I was still playing. Uh, I wish I was 10 years younger and I was still playing because goodness me, like this is this is like the golden era for the U.S. Uh, national team or the U.S. Okay, yeah. Being a U.S. player. This is really the golden era, uh, golden era right now. 100%. I mean, I think that definitely I, I would be surprised if the U.S. Federation isn't looking at the 2026 World Cup when it goes to the US, Mexico and Canada as a time where they're not trying to win it because the amount of players they're shipping off to Europe, um, you know, and hopefully for them to peak at that time is amazing. I mean, there's a couple big uh, moves that like really excited me. Um, Most notably was, sorry, excuse me, Um, was the guy called Daryl, I think his name is Daryl DK or Mm -hmm. spelled D-I-K-E, who's come to Barnsley, actually, in the championship. Um, Now, I know that's not a top European league, but he looks like the type of number nine the U.S. He looks like a refined Josie Altador, which is something that the U.S. could do with. Um, The U.S. definitely needs a a new Josie Altador, a player like that. It's funny because Josie Altador, I feel like he's been on this scene for ever i mean he i mean he started young he's still playing right yeah he is still playing he has a slight injury he they also thought he was pop, uh, possibly going to um um make a move as well but i don't think it happened but we definitely need a new a new number nine um i don't know the player that you just spoke of um but i would definitely say that i am happy for him uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I'll, but, I'll let him know you said that yeah, please, please, please let him know. Um, but th- there have been the funny thing is that there's been multiple players like going to the championship. You also have Paul Ariola, you have Jordan mm-hmm. Jordan Morris, both both of them going to Swansea. Um, yeah, I mean, there's reasoning behind that, but that's exciting. 
Um, yeah, aren't they like um, U.S. American US owned? owned? Yeah, American yeah. owned. So, I mean, American owned, but I mean, just seeing that, I mean, but we can go down the list of the amount of players that actually took a move. Um, I mean, DeAndre Yedlin, of course. Um, oh, yeah, Daryl DK uh, on loan to Barnsley. There you go. Yeah. And um, yeah. from where do you used to play? Um, Orlando, correct? Orlando, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to see that these clubs are taking a, a chance on, on like a short term loan with these MLS guys. And I think that's the big difference between this wave of players coming over and then, you know, even maybe, I don't know, 12, 18 months previously is that these players are actually grown in the U.S., played in MLS and are now getting their chance in Europe, whereas previously it might have been players that had come over to Germany, you know, in the younger stages like the Pulisic's, the Gio Reynas. Um I mean, th- so that that's really good to see. But I think the thing that's surprised me the most is that the the players to the top divisions in Europe so so say for example Brian Reynolds who just got bought from FC Dallas by NS yeah. Roma you also have Mark McKenzie who's gone to Ghent in uh in Belgium Champions League you know club mm-hmm. that, and then you've also got Reggie Cannon that's at Boa Vista in um in Portugal another top top club in Portugal um what's the, what's stood out to me is the fact that they're all defenders. Mm. And why why do you why do you th- like why do you think that? I mean we we did talk we did talk about last week the easiest position to play on the pitch. Well yeah two of them are right backs. Um <laughs> but I think I think Alfonso Davis at Bayern has has paved the way for these guys because these guys are players that they they see as young enough mm-hmm. and good enough to mold into what they want. So they're not yeah. the finished product. They're not buying players that are going to go in straight in and, and be exactly what they want them to be. They've got professional experience at playing at a high level in MLS, but they've got the raw capabilities and talents for yeah. them to produce, you know, hopefully the next Alfonso Davis. We're not seeing as many. I mean, obviously Brandon Aronson has gone to, Red Bull Salzburg, but we're not seeing as many attacking players moving to the top European leagues. And I wonder if that will change. I mean, do people see Americans as just athletic? Like what I wonder if that's part of it. Huh. I mean I mean that can be that can definitely be an that is an interesting conversation when it comes down to it. But I mean you also gotta remember that Al- Alfonso Davies, like he wasn't even a defender, which is the which is the craziest thing. You know, he's a, a winger or out and out striker. So his move to pay, for them to pay, you know, whatever this like this relatively small fee that they paid for to get what they got out of him is crazy, and so yeah. I think that now it's like, all right, cool, we spend let's say a couple million dollars on these players, and we get them on loan or maybe we purchase them, we try to build them up. It's like it's not that much of a risk because this is a market that is kind of like untapped right now. You know what I mean? Mm, okay, okay, I see what so you're saying. Is, so I think they're starting to see that, like. You know, instead of us going ahead and shopping around on all of Europe, when we know that these players are being seen and being pulled by, you know, a lot of these larger clubs, let's start really kind of like taking a deep dive. And I think that goes to you, um, to like the scouts um, and, and the whole staff that they have to really take a look at the MLS and say that, wow, that was good. No, okay, this player, um, this is someone that we can actually kind of take and, like you said, um, kind of cultivate them to be to be top tier, top tier talent. Because mm-hmm. Alfonso Davies now. I mean, shit, he can sign anywhere. Any any club yeah. in the world will take him. 
Um, yeah, he's the best left back out. And, it, and it's mad. <laughs> and he's, well, he's been a left yeah. back for a year and a half, two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like just taking a look at the list of players and just kind of seeing like the success of McK- um, what's it called? Um, God, Tyler Adams. Uh, Weston McKinney. I was about to say McKenzie yeah. for some reason. Um, even the success of uh, Gia Reyna. Um, Pulisic. Yeah. Uh, I would even say like Pulisic before he uh, pulled his hamstring <clears throat> in the um, FA Cup. I mean, you just look at all these players and the success. It's saying that there there is something in the U.S., even though maybe like that is not their top-tier sport, there are players that are coming through this system that we need to start taking chances with. So, You're I, right. It's a free hit. It's a free hit, and it's like a... I think people are looking at not buying, as I, as I said before, the finished products, but they're also looking at it from a cost perspective as well. They mm-hmm. know that if they do a deal with MLS, it's it's not going to be the equivalent to buying, you know, a young top player from France or Germany or you know, sure. England, even for that matter. Um, for sure. For sure. Um, but like with, with a lot of these players, where do you like, you know, we, we've spoken about like the importance of Germany in U.S. development. Um, mm. But we're starting to see that they're not going to Germany any longer, um, or the the Germany pool from a lot of these players like it's not happening as like we thought. Like there is a mass migration to Europe, and Germany is probably like the epicenter. But but right now with these the group of players that are actually going to straight to England, like why do you mm-hmm. think that's the case? Going straight to England, I think. Um... Well, it's not uncommon for players to be loaned to England. Like, for example, um, Landon Donovan did it a few times um, when he got loaned to Everton. Um, mm-hmm. And Fulham has have done the same thing. I mean, I think Fulham, you know, they probably had more Americans than any other club in England. Yeah. You know, some of them quite successful, some of them really, really not successful. Um, but I, I think it's the fact that yeah, I think it's it's mainly the fact that you're getting players that are coming in just after the end of their season. They're fit and sharp already. You don't have to mm. bring them up to speed, you know, because and they know that they will come and they don't have to put in a big fight from the other clubs. You know, the whole January transfer window is tough at the moment because clubs are struggling to stay afloat. But at the same time, they don't want to lose their players because they have to stay in the top divisions. Whereas if you go to MLS, you know, the league's not starting for a few months. Yeah. So it's it's a win-win. It's a win-win for everyone. You know, Seattle Sounders yeah. aren't missing anything by Jordan Morris being in uh, in Wales with Swansea. Actually, you know, he's probably improving as a player. Unless unless he gets injured. Exactly, unless he gets injured. But, you know, then you bring the agents into it and the money into it and, it, you know, it, it, it makes sense for everyone. But they're going actually back to Germany, um, there is one player that I, I you know, want to bring up. And this is kind of contradict well not contradicting but it's the opposite end of the the spectrum there's a guy called um matthew hoppy who plays for schalke um and anybody <laughs> that's been keeping track of schalke they've been doing horrifically like they had the longest losing streak ever in the bundesliga history and this young kid from southern california comes into it after being in their academy and scores a hat trick in his first game and now he's their main striker it's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, where's he from? Like Yerba Linda or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, Orange County just, kid. Yeah, 19 years old, just signed a new contract with Schalke. I mean, God, man, to I'm telling you, like I, I was, I was telling Max earlier, and you guys got to listen. 
I started this whole wave to go to Germany. Like I started this, <laughs> I started this wave, and um, it, it looks like it's really catching on. I'm. It just sucks that I had to be like the test dummy, um, and things just didn't work out. But you know, Matthew, reach out to your boy. It's my birthday tomorrow. You just got. You just got some. You just got some new money. I know you got some blank checks. Send it over to your boy Pulisic. Same thing as well. Um, what's it called? Uh, McKinney. Yo, Geo. Yo. Um, you know, I pray for oh my G. Yeah, I'm the Trailblazer. Now, nah, but in all seriousness, it's just it's great to see that. I mean, to 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 be 19 years old, come in like you're on top of the world. I mean, it just you know honestly, and it just sucks because. I wish there were fans. Like, just think about 19 years old. You just scored your first hat trick in front of 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people. Well, if he was at Schalke, it would have been, I think they, their whole stadium is 60,000. Just think, just think about like, just think about like how, I mean, granted, it's exciting that you, you did score a hat trick, but you score a hat trick in front of 60,000 people. God damn, your first match. Oh my God! I'm getting a red card. I'm taking my shirt off. Um, <laughs> the first goal and the third goal. Uh, oh, funny fact! <laughs> Max scored an amazing goal, like two to three. Oh years ago. shit! I forgot and about I mean, this. <laughs> Max scored an amazing goal, and I have the photo still on my phone. Um, and he's over here. He scored an amazing goal. Takes his shirt off, looks at the crowd like I'm a I'm a bad boy. They call me. They call me. Um, you know, big man, Max. I'm a bad boy. Score some, score something mad. Next thing you know, he turns around. The referee, red card. This guy was playing with a yellow. All right, card. let me give a little context. No, 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 little no, no. context. This guy was playing with a yellow card, and they got another <laughs> yellow. It got sent off the pitch after he scored. <laughs> so that was yeah, that was three, two, two years ago, three years ago. But basically, that game. We needed to win that game to have any hopes of like uh, getting promotion. And I can't remember what I got the first yellow card for, obviously, because I didn't remember it at the time either. Um, but then I scored a goal in like the 89th minute and it was, you know, it was the game winner uh, and I went crazy and it was a great goal. And um, yeah, I got sent off. It was only my second red card ever. Um, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing to like, be man of the match, but then get sent off at the same time. Like, <laughs> has that ever happened? <laughs> oh, uh, those are so funny as well. Cause there's like a, a step-by-step step or like a play. Yeah. By, yeah of like me scoring, me taking off my shirt and then like me standing in front of the ref, like, no, but like, <laughs> I was like trying to, I was trying to explain to him too. I was like, I was like, no, I didn't mean to take off my shirt. Like, you know, it was just hot. No, like, <laughs> and it was like, it was like March in England. It was fucking freezing. So yeah, uh, he probably, he probably, it probably hurt him to give you that uh, give you that card as well. Um, you know, the referee's like, "Damn, I just got to do my job." But this sucks. Like, I understand the excitement, but dumbass. <laughs> Good story though. Good story. Oh man, what a time! But I mean, back to these American players. I think that we're going to actually see more of this happening, um, and like the more success that some of these players have, and we've talked about like the world with the internet is getting smaller. Uh, and so you're, we're going to start seeing like more of these U S born players actually like take a chance and go overseas or seeing these clubs take a chance on these players and going overseas. We're also just, we're also going to see like, even, you know, a lot of families now 
just sending their kids straight to Europe, you know, at, at younger ages, just be, just because of the possibility of, you know, their kids having the chance to be able to, you know, play like Pulisic um, going at like 14, 15 um, overseas. Yeah, I, I don't know what the rules are now because beforehand you weren't able to send your kid because they wouldn't have been able to get a visa to be in the country. Um, it's easier. It's easier to get a visa um, when you're when you're young. Um, when you when you're an adult, that's when you know everything becomes like much much more difficult. But when you're uh, younger, when I have to younger, look back again. There might there were there are some. I have to research it, but there are some rules in terms of coming over or like you know players counting towards the foreign player quota. I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't inhibit. American yeah, players from going. If they're in the youngs, if they're in the youth system, though, it shouldn't matter, yeah. No, it, it definitely would. does. It oh, it does. does. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, it, certain players are getting around it with dual nationalities and stuff. Like Gio Reyna was able to do that because he was actually born in England, so he was able to do it. Um, you know, Pulisic was able to do it because I think his one of his grandparents is from Croatia, I believe. So. Um, yeah, but if you had to keep an eye out for one player or one move that's you know comes to your attention, is there one player? Um, like recent moves, or just like one American in general to have a look at, you know, over the next over the course of the next few months in the in the season. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this is just like too easy, but I would just say Weston McKinney, because honestly, like how, the the shock of his move to um Juventus was like the fuck you know we all kind of sat there like what the hell are they getting yeah. Weston McKinney Pirlo wants Weston McKinney <laughs> and now yeah. to see him as as an as a as a starter starter yeah. seeing him actually contributing on the pitch like week in and week out to see him giving high fives to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> it's it's mad to think that someone that was playing in the U.S is playing week in and week out with Cristiano Ronaldo. And that is something that I just did not expect. And the praise that he's been getting from like the international outlets is actually mad as well. I mean, his move from Schalke to, to Juve just didn't make any sense at the time. Well, what he brings, he brings something completely different to a lot of players, especially within Italy. Um, And, you know, I don't know if this is going to, pigeonhole him as a player but Tyler Adams I think is in the same boat there are players that bring unrelenting unrelenting amounts of energy like they are Mm. consistent all game long running 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 covering the ground tackles and they make the and he makes the right decisions when he's on the ball and so does Tyler Adams um and I think another thing to to note as well is that his move to Juve Juve actually tried to buy that player, Brian Reynolds, um, and Roma came in in the end mm. and, and beat them to it. But they've got American owners as well. But the connection there is that they both played for the FC Dallas youth system. FC Dallas youth system has exported more American players to Europe than any other club in in, in America. So oh. obviously FC Dallas is doing something right. Um, the, the one move that I want to – that – you know, I think probably didn't get enough praise was actually DeAndre Yedlin to Galatasaray. Why is that? I think people in the U.S. don't realize how big football is in Turkey. 
Um, yeah, and I was, and and I was just talking quiet shit about him as well. So sorry. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not talking about him as a player. I'm just talking about you know him <laughs> moving to Galatasaray. <laughs> um, I mean, he's obviously a great player if he's going to Galatasaray, but he's got the chance to win a title. He's going to have the chance to play again in the Champions League. Um, he gets to live in an amazing place, but Galatasaray is a massive, massive club uh, in terms of what they mean to the country of Turkey, but also the amount of titles they've won. So, you know, it's a, it's a real privilege for him to play there, I'm sure. Um, and for him to kind of get his career back on track. So I think that's yeah. something that I think he deserves a lot of credit for because he's really, you know, he's he's leveled up. I mean, that's that's good to hear, because honestly, I thought it was, you know, you going to Galatasaray. I'm not saying that, you know, going from the Prem to Galatasaray is a, is a bad thing, but I guess going from a bad team in the Prem to going to Galatasaray is a good thing. And for him to like for them to think that we're going to sign this player, he's going to jump straight on the pitch. And like you said, being <clears throat> being able to be back in Champions League football. But at the end of the day, to me, all this, like you were saying early on in this conversation, if the U.S. does not make it to the semifinals with all these players overseas and does not try to really figure out a way to really kind of put this team together, it's a waste. And yes. this is in the World oh, Cup. In the World Cup. A million uh, percent. Me. A million percent. I mean, they, they're they doing everything right in terms of the player, you know. Quarterfinals. quarterfinals. I'm taking that back. Quarters. Yeah, okay. Because I was about yeah, to I say, if they make it to the semifinals before, if they make it to the semis and, and England hasn't won a World Cup, then I don't know what the hell is going on. Quarterfinals. I, I was like, ooh, that's a little, that's a little, uh, that's a little rough. Twenty twenty six. But go ahead. Sorry about that. No, I, I just it's 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 good to see. I mean, I think we've dogged U.S. soccer a lot. I mean, and for for the right reasons. Um, for sure. Hope hopefully they, you know, got their act together. Um, and then now it's just about it. You know, these players taking their chances. Jordan Morris and uh, Paul Ariola will be, well, I don't know if they'll play tonight, but Swansea's playing Norwich um, in the top of the table clash in the championship. So keep an eye out for how they do. Um, yeah. And and keep an eye out to see, you know, what the future holds for, for American football. It should you be never bright, know. We might, see Mike, we, might, we might see Mike G make a comeback. You never know. I'm, like, nah, I'm, 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 see, the I'm, opportunity I'm, is there. I'm, hey, shit, they signing everybody, right? Give me a couple of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Give me about like six weeks. I can, I can, hey, you never they, know. Hey, you might have to just walk into a club and just use your American accent, bro. They might sign you on the, on the dot. It's like, okay. Yeah, you might have to do that, bro. Like you just. How the tables hey. have turned. I know, right? It's like, oh yeah, you gotta be British. Be like, he's American. He's American. Get him! Oh, shit. <laughs> you, might, you, might, you might have to do that, but yeah, all in all, man, it should be very exciting for these players, and definitely looking forward to seeing their success on and off the pitch. Uh, because I mean, you know, having having your home country and being able to root for your home country is amazing. But I mean, let us know who your favorite player is. Um, who do you think is going to be, you know, the top tier talent? You know, especially during this transfer window or you know the next american um landon donovan clint dempsey you know or maybe the best the best player of all time tim howard uh but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just let us know you know reach us on the socials kick back and chat um on instagram twitter and all that good stuff and i hope you guys also like the new intro by the one and lovely grace donnelly you get me yes 
She's done a great job. Um, and, and for those that have a lot of time on their hands, make sure to check out the Soka Warriors YouTube channel if you want to laugh <laughs> and if you want to support our Trini brothers. Um, but thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace.